All right, we're on Zoe Life of God Part 2. Let's pray and jump into it. Heavenly Father, I thank You and praise You for the anointing. I thank You for giving me utterance. Father, thank You for giving each individual spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of You and Your Word, and that You would enlighten the eyes of understanding, give each person specific answers to questions that they have, give us direction for our each individual lives. Father, that we would experience all the riches on our life that You have for us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to the first one for me. Here's our jumping off scripture, John 3 and verse 36. It says this, He that believes on the Son of God hath everlasting life or perpetual, instantly and constantly renewed Zoe life of God. And he that believes not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So a couple things. If you believe on the Son of God, you already have, go back one, I'll tell you, you already have, past tense, right? Already have it, not you're going to get it someday. I know I've got to keep driving that home, though, because if you don't understand that it already belongs to you, and you then, and, then you really you can't go forward with the Zoe life of God. Because your mind will tell you, you, ain't, you, oh, you don't deserve that. Listen, it happens to me, so I know it happens to you. I'm no different than you. Right? But then look at this. If you don't believe the Son, then the wrath of God, you not only do you not have life, but the wrath of God abides on you. So if you're an unbeliever, then all that wrath that God poured out on Jesus for the punishment of sin, you don't accept that, so you're stepping outside of where His wrath was pointed, and it's on you. If you're a believer, all the wrath of God went on Jesus, and you accepted the sacrifice, you're on the other side of life, there's no wrath, no matter what you do or you don't do. God ain't mad at you anymore. Amen. Now, I keep saying that, but we don't really believe it, because there are times when we'll be like, oh, you ever feel like you're, you feel ashamed? You ever feel like you did something? And I'm, oh, man, I, in God's eyes, not not happening. Because Jesus already paid the price. Okay, go to the next one for me. We saw this, three different kind of, uh, kinds of life in the New Testament, Greek words. We saw that bios is a natural life. It's very short. It's temporary. Right? It's plant life. It's animal life. We get the word biology and biography from it. A couple scriptures, right? Remember the parable of the sower? In Luke 8, the thorny ground. It said, don't get choked out with the cares of this life, riches and pleasures. The cares of this life, that's the word bios. It's Luke 8:14. It's you. So, but if you think that that's Zoe, how many know Zoe can't choke you out? You can't choke out. Is there anything, any cares of Zoe that would choke you out from bearing fruit? So it's got to be. By, see, but if you don't understand that, when you read life in just your English Bible, it'll get confusing. Right. You know, I know we already know this, but I want to keep putting this in remembrance so it'll come out first when you're in crisis. The next level, the next uh, word uh, translated life is suke. We get the word psyche or psychology from it. It's the soul, it's the mind, will, and emotions. It is immortal. It does not die. It's different from eternal because eternal is made new every, every second. Perpetual. New, 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 new. Immortal means it just doesn't die. It is what it is. You all see the difference in that? Because the last one, Zoe, the life of God, that is eternal. It's perpetual. It's new. It's like a battery always full charged. You know, I, I shave with a Braun um, electric razor, but it's in a charger. And, you know, I usually charge it on like Saturday night because I know the first shave with the you know full charge, it's good, right? By Saturday, it's all run down. How many know? As soon as I turn on the, it starts running down. On any, I mean, with Zoe Life of God, it don't ever run down. It's full charge all the time. Every second, it's brand new, full charge. Are you off on that? It, wouldn't that be a much better way to live than your heart beating? What if you're out of breath? You know, all that stuff that goes with bios or you're emotionally distraught, you're mentally worn out. See, with Zoe, you don't have any of those problems. 
So what we're going to do is take zoe and push it out through our mind, will, and emotions and push it out through our body and push it out to the atmosphere around us so that people start enjoying our zoe when they're around us. Amen? Go to the next one. 2 Corinthians 4, we saw this last week. I'm going to hit a couple highlights. And verse 10 says this, We are always bearing about in the body, our body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life or the zoe of Jesus, the life of Jesus, might be made manifest in our body. So are you telling me, Andrew, that the life Jesus has should be made shown naked and, and be real in, and I should be able to feel it in my natural body? No, I'm not telling you that. The Bible's telling you that. Now listen, there, how many here, if I ask you, just raise your hand, are equal with Jesus? I got about half of you. If you're born again, you're equal with Jesus. Do you all know that? So we're afraid we wouldn't say that because, oh, I'm not equal. You know, you know what I did last night? It, it, Jesus already paid the price for that. Come over here and look in Matthew and go to chapter... I'll tell you when we get there. How about that? When I get there, I'll tell you when I'm there. Matthew 10. And let's start in verse 24. See, because if you're not equal with Jesus, how could you have the life that Jesus has in your body right now? Could you? How could I have the life that Jesus has in my body if I'm not equal with Him? The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. See, Andrew? Now, did I say you were above Jesus, or did I ask you were you equal with Jesus? Is there a difference? Yeah, huge difference. I ain't above Jesus. He's the master. I'm not above my Lord. I'm the servant. But look what it says in the next verse. It is enough for the disciple that he be, what? As his master and the servant as his Lord. Isn't that equal? So I ain't above the master, but I should be equal with the master. He said, that's enough. Isn't that enough? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's more than enough. Because the life that Jesus has is more than enough than what we've been, what we can even imagine here, isn't it? What we even put our mind around. Now come over here to Luke 6. If you don't understand that that is your position, that you're equal with Jesus, you'll never ever think that you deserve to have the life that Jesus has in your body. You might think that you might get it all someday. When You know, I don't know why Christianity thinks that when we die, the magic wand is waved and all of a sudden that's when we become everything that the Bible promises. You all waiting for the magic wand to wave? Isn't that what people want us to do? Lay hands and pray on me? Maybe wave them pixie dust, say the name of Jesus how many times, right? And maybe poof! I love peanut butter sandwiches. Didn't that work? Well, no, it's, right now, it already belongs to you. Look in verse 40 of uh, Luke 6. It says it again. The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect. And that Greek word is mature. Sounds like full-grown son to me. Everyone that is mature and full-grown shall be as his master. It didn't say... You might be, did it? No, he said you shall be, which means that's the highest level of guarantee. It's more than will be. It shall be, take it to the bank. It doesn't get any stronger statement than that. It's guaranteed. But the life of Jesus might be made manifest in your body. You already are equal, but whether it shows up in your body or not, that's up to you. Y'all following this? Now look at the next verse in verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 4. 
It says, for we which live, we which are, we, we've decided Zoe's ours and we've pushed out to our airspace and we're living in Zoe. We are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake or on account of Jesus or by reason of Jesus. You've got a big target on your back if you're going to live the life that Jesus lived. But know this, you win. Amen. You, you win. You're bulletproof. Why? Because look, when you're in that position, it says what? That the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in your mortal flesh. In case you missed it the first time, He tells it to you again. If you live, even if you're delivered unto death, everyone will see it will be made manifest, laid naked for everybody that the life of Jesus is made manifest in your mortal flesh, this bag of dirt and water. You can't kill me. Can't die unless I say die. Now, you got uh, turn over Philippians 1. You guys in healing school got a little taste of this on um, Thursday. Philippians 1. Now watch this because if it might be made manifest, it also might not be made manifest. Well, what's the switch that keeps us in, but that goes from might not to might? It's not a mystery. Right? Don't we want to know how we get to the might? Yeah. So look over here in uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20. Paul said, According to my earnest expectation and my hope or my confidence, that in nothing I shall be ashamed but that with all boldness, as always. Does that ever sound like a misfire? No, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life, zoe, or by death. Do you see what he said? Listen, how I'm going to... My expectation of myself is that Christ would always be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. So you've got a choice, don't you? You pick zoe life or you could pick... Now look, we don't judge anybody if they pick death. Remember over in Romans 14? Hold your finger right there. Romans 14 and verse 8 says this, For whether we live, Zoe, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord, whether therefore we live or we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose again and revived that He might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Who? Your brother. That's somebody else who's born again. Okay? We don't judge him. He said, why do you set it not? Or belittle your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat or the throne of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess. So then every one of us must give an account of himself to... God. So we don't judge you if you pick death. We don't talk about... Well, it's a shame we think for all of us that have to deal with the fallout that you didn't pick Zoe and you died. Y'all found that? Now back over to Philippians. Because Paul said, whether in life or by death, I'm going to magnify Christ. Now watch what he says in verse 21. For to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Y'all ever heard that? Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Make any sense to you? No, but watch what he says. If I live in the where? Flesh. If I live, if I have Zoe in my flesh. Now we're talking about that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. If I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. So you know what this tells me? That if you want to have the life of Jesus in your flesh, you've got to do some what? Work. It's a choice. You can work to have Zoe 
in your mortal flesh or not. But look at the next, well, what are you talking about? Because look what he says in the next phrase. He said, Yet what I shall choose, I don't know. For I'm in a strait between two. I'm in a narrow spot between a rock and a hard place. I'm in between two boundaries. Having a desire, it says to depart in the King James, but that Greek word is disengage. Write that in your Bible. He said, I have a desire to disengage. Don't you ever have that desire to disengage? Some of you haven't even engaged yet. I mean, no, because in order to have Zoe made manifest in your, you've got to engage in your covenant. Y'all found this? He said, but i got a choice, because I'd like to disengage and go home and be with Christ, which is far better. I'd like to just check out. I mean, you know, sometimes the fight is so big, this is why we don't judge anybody, and this is also why I tell you, nip this stuff in the bud, because the fight will get so big that you can't handle it anymore. Mentally, emotionally, physically, this fight's so big that you just disengage, check out, and go on to heaven. So that the life of Jesus wasn't made manifest in your flesh, was it? If you disengaged. Y'all following this? See, when you engage, when you're on top of your game, when you're Zoe, pushing out through my mind, will, and emotions, through my flesh, I mean, you've got to stay on top. It takes diligence. You can't be lazy. You've got to stay on top of stuff. First symptom, first financial thing that goes wrong, the first time, whatever it is, your initial response is covenant, riches, honor, and life. That's what I keep driving it into. And you engage in the fight immediately. If you don't, and you stick your head in the sand, the fight will get so big that eventually you'll just, you will check out, and the Zoe life of God will not be made manifest in your mortal flesh, and you'll be gone, you'll go with Christ, you know what, it is far better for you. Nobody else, though. Would it be better for my wife and kids if I checked out? No. He says, so here's the choice I have, to either disengage and go home and be with Christ. Nevertheless, he says in verse 24, I abide in the flesh, which is more important or needful for you. All the people that you're ministering life to, all the people that you would, all that, that, that plan that God has for you, it's more important for all those people that you would touch in order for you to stay engaged in the fight and have Zoe, life of God, push out. You could disengage, and you know what? You're throwing everybody under the bus that God has set up for you to touch. And there's certain people on the planet that I can't reach that only you can reach. Y'all following this? How, how important is it that we don't disengage? It's huge, even though we want to. Listen, there's been many, many, many a day I would have loved to disengage from this job right here, this assignment. It's a fight sometimes. Yeah, because I'd be like, what am I doing then? What am I, why? You, you understand? You feel like that too sometimes in your life, don't you? I know if I do, you do. We're all the same. You just be like, what is going on? What's the point? Don't disengage. You better engage in the fight. And, and if you do pull back, whatever de- that you're dealing with now, it just got bigger. The fight got bigger. You stick your head in the sand, the fight's going to get bigger. We don't turn and run. That's why I try to hit everything head on. And if I don't, I always pay the price for trying to avoid the confrontation or the conflict. Every time. I'm like, I don't even feel like getting into that. It's a problem, and it gets bigger and bigger the longer that I delay dealing with something, whatever it is, relationships, sickness, finances. you You could ignore your bills so long, and eventually they'll take the house. It won't be overnight. If you missed your mortgage payment, how many know they're not going to take the house tomorrow? It'll take you about six months before they come get it. I mean, but if you wait till the night before, you know, it's going to be hard to get a stay of execution on that deal. Y'all following this? Okay, so it's more needful 
for all the people that are around you for you to engage in the Zoan life of God. To engage in this covenant. And so that it might be made manifest in your mortal flesh. It ain't just about you. In fact, really, it ain't about you at all. Because if it was, Paul said, I would have checked out and gone home. I'm out of here. Right? Go to the next one for me. We saw this in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 4. And I said this, you don't have to die. You don't have to physically die. He said, for we are in this tabernacle, this body, and we do groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed. Not that we would get rid of our flesh. Not that we would die. Not that we would be, oh, it'll be so great when I get to heaven, I won't have this flesh anymore. No. But that we would be clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of the Zoe life of God. I want this part of my, the part of me that dies to be swallowed up by Zoe. Don't. Now don't die anymore. Now listen. Your soul won't die. Your mind, will, and emotions won't die. But it won't get new either. So that's the very first thing that you've got to start renewing is your mind, will, and emotions. You start to, you've got to start getting... Now watch. Go to the next one. Go one more. Go to John 1 because I'm going to tell you... Or just, here, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you the deal on how you can get the Zoe life of God to show up in your mortal flesh. How do you engage? How do I get my mind, will, and emotions renewed in order to have it pushed out through my flesh? Look over here in John 1.1. It says this, In the beginning was the Word. That's the Logos. Remember there's two Greek words for Word. Rhema, which is spoken. Logos, which is written. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. Do you know who we're talking about? We all know who we're talking about, right? He's talking about Jesus. If we're going to have the life of Jesus show up in our mortal flesh, don't we need to know Jesus and the life that He had? If we don't know that, how are we going to get what He has? We don't even know what it is, right? And here, this tells me that the written Word is who? Jesus. So, if you don't know the written Word, do you know Jesus? Just asking a question. Now, think about it. If the written Word is Jesus and you've got to know Jesus to get the Zoe life of God, if you don't know the written Word, do you know Jesus? You don't. You see where it starts? The written Word. You've got to know this. In order for us to have the Zoe life, this is what we've got to engage in, knowing this. This is the relationship. It's all written right. This is Jesus right here. The written Word is Jesus. That's what this says. I'm not making it up. Am I making it up in that word? So if you don't know this, you don't know Jesus. How many people, oh, I love me some Jesus. Really? Do you love you some written word? Because if you don't love you some written word, then you don't love you some Jesus. <laughs> it's funny, but not. Amen, Andrew. Oh, that's so good. Really? Because we'd be loving some TV and some you know, movies and some Xbox and some sporting events, but we don't be loving us some Jesus. I checked that box on Sunday or whatever. Amen. Look at this in verse 3. It says, All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life, Zoe, and the life was the light of men. That's the next one. Go to verse 4. In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men. So if you don't have the written Word, you cannot have Zoe. Y'all following that? Now, what is our priorities on? See, do you want riches, honor, and life? But are we into the written word enough to have 
find out what Jesus is all about so I can have know what His life is so that I can have the life that He has. Now, I want to, I'm going to make this connection. I, I made it in Covenant for Dummies, and I'll make it again here. If you turn over to Hebrews 11. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning of God, and all things that were made were not made unless it was made by Him. Right? Hebrews 11 and verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word, Logos, of God, and that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. So I know that the Word is what creation came with. The Word is what did all the work. Isn't that right? Do you see that now? I've given you two references for that. That framed the worlds and everything that was made was made by the who? The Word. Y'all see that? Now flip over to Proverbs 3. Hang with me and and we'll see how easy it is to get Zoe, life of God, to show up in your body. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Proverbs 3 and verse 13. Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all things that you can desire, not to be compared to her. Length of days or life is in her right hand, and in her left hand is riches and honor. Sounds familiar. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Her paths are paths of peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Happy is everyone that retains her. The Lord, by wisdom, hath founded the what? Oh wait, but by the Word He framed the worlds and the Word made everything, but by wisdom He founded the earth. Flip over the page to Proverbs 8. Verse 11, we'll start there. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Now watch, wisdom does this monologue. You ever heard like the Rush Limbaugh show or Jay Leno where they do the monologue in the beginning? Here's wisdom. Wisdom's going to do the opening monologue here, okay? I, wisdom, dwell with prudence. I'm not going to talk about prudence right now, but that's an interesting subject. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of keen and edgy plans. You all remember that? The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy in the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine, wisdom talking. And sound wisdom, I am understanding. I have strength. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Now listen, that ain't talking about you getting up at 0430 and seeking wisdom. What that means is early in the fight. When a problem, you better find out wisdom. Early in a decision-making process, you get wisdom. Why? Because then the rest of it will go fine. But if you don't find it early, how many know late in the game is going to be hard? You all found this? Okay. Now I like this next part. Buckle up. Riches and honor are mine. Oh, what kind of riches? Yay, durable riches. In case you had a question, that's the kind you could put your hands on and spend. Does this sound like Zoe to you? Yeah, uh uh-huh. And righteousness, which is equity. What's God's equity? Riches, honor, and life, in case you didn't get it the first couple times. See how he keeps repeating this stuff? He said, my fruit 
is better than gold, yea, better than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver, I lead in the way of righteousness or equity. In the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit what? Substance. That's stuff you could put your hands on. And I will fill their treasures. Now watch. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way before His works of old. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. You all starting to see a connection between the Word and wisdom? I was. See where it says set up from everlasting? That's the Hebrew word anointed king. I don't know why they made it set up. It says this in the Hebrew. I was anointed king from everlasting, from the beginning, before ever the earth was. Sounds like the word to me. Does it sound like that to you? Okay. So now a red flag should start going off whenever you ask for wisdom or the spirit of wisdom. It's the spirit of who? Jesus. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is what resides in you and will quicken your mortal flesh. Do you want to know how you get it? And it all goes back to the Word, which in the Old Testament, the Old Testament form of the Logos, they didn't know the Logos then. They didn't have great to talk in Hebrew. They called it wisdom. Before Jesus was born, they called the written Word wisdom. Y'all following that? If you don't believe me, we'll keep reading. I'll show you some more stuff. Verse 24. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. See that word brought forth in the English? The actual Hebrew word is cool, which is circle. Before the ever the earth was, I was a circle with no beginning and no end. When you start to understand that, now it is talking about Jesus, because who has no beginning and no end? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, right? Before ever the earth was, I was a circle without beginning or without end. See, brought forth, doesn't, I, mean, I don't even know why they translated it that, but it doesn't, that sounds like he got created, didn't it? No, he said, I was a circle without beginning or without end. Where there was no fountains of water abounding, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was, I was brought forth a circle without beginning or without end. While as yet, he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest parts of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, that's coastline, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one. See where it says brought up? That's, that's the Greek word, or the Hebrew word, skilled architect. He's the master builder. Isn't that? All things were, the worlds were framed. How do you, that's a construction term. Master builder. See, these are all things that all fits together. Now, whenever you start to see the word wisdom, red flags should go off. Now, how about this? Anybody who lacks wisdom should ask of the Lord, right? Who upbraideth not and gives to all men liberally. So, would he give you the Zoe life of God liberally, which encompasses riches, honor, and life? Or how do we engage? Written word. There I was by him as the skilled architect, the master builder, with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth. My delights were worth who? The sons of men. Where does Jesus get pleasure? Us! 
ain't beating you down. He loves hanging out with you. Do you see that? I'm not making that up, right? I mean, I'm reading. It says that he likes to be where people live on the earth. He don't like hanging out in the desert. Right? Isn't that what it says? Yeah, probably not at the bottom of the abyss in the ocean with a scuba tank, because that's not habitable either, is it? No, and he takes pleasure from being with the sons of men. With peoples. Jesus is a people person. Now therefore hearken unto me, O you his children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction, and be wise, and don't refuse it. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily in my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. What, what, whoa, whoa. This sounds like we've got to take a little time, doesn't it? Okay? He said, For whosoever findeth me, findeth what? Life. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. Wisdom says, You find me, you found life. And you obtain favor of the Lord. Now, I like that. Now, look right up, just go across the page to Proverbs 9. And verse 10. And let's see about how, what's the jumping off point to getting wisdom, which is the Word, which is the life, and I need that life to come into my body. What's the starting point of that? Y'all know what it is. What is it? What's the beginning of wisdom? The fear of the Lord, which is the hate what? Adversity, affliction. See how easy this is? You choose good and not evil, you are just now starting on the path to Zoe life of God. That's why you've got to keep that list in front of you of is this adversity, affliction, calamity? We know good and evil now. Most people, they don't. They think evil's cussing, drinking, smoking, and chewing, going on with those do, right? Good is beauty, bounty, better, the best, happy welfare, wealth and riches. And they, so look, if you're not thinking and picking wealth and riches, durable, didn't I just read durable? The kind you can spend? If you ain't picking that for you, you're not picking life because that's the life of Jesus. And the beginning of getting that life is picking it, choosing it, and start going after it. You've got to pursue good. Do you remember this from the Good and Evil series in Psalm 30? It says, pursue good. Refuse it. Pursue. That means you've got to get off your butt and start moving towards it. That's why I'm telling you, write down what you're looking for. Now, how are we specifically going to get there? It ain't going to fall on you, is it? If it was, it would have already. Amen. Hallelujah. I love this stuff. Huh. You know how much... See, this is the whole deal. He ain't withholding one good thing from you. The whole deal with Jesus going, coming in and doing and becoming so He could give you light. Do you all follow on what I just said? I know it was like broken up because you all know fill in all the blanks. He came. Became sin and sickness. Took stripes on his back. Became poor so he could be rich. Went into hell. Took all the punishment and the wrath of God and rose again so that you could have this Zoe life of God and have riches, honor, and life because he delights in you. But if that don't get you pumped up, I don't know what will. If you just a little bit pursue it, I'm dead to fall on you like a ton of bricks. Now look. Some people, right, because we live in instant culture, if you don't get your coffee in two minutes in the microwave, we start getting mad. Now, if you just start going, I'm telling you, it'll be fast when you look back on it, but it might take you a little time while you're in the middle of it. Because when you're in the middle of it, man, you think, don't disengage. I know this, that with faith, whatever I believe that I receive, 
that I asked for, I shall have it guaranteed there is a time lag. Do, do not disengage during the time lag. So many people, they miss it because they disengage. I just can't handle this anymore. Yes, you can. You, you got the life of Jesus on the inside of you. The same Spirit that pulled Him up out of hell is on the inside of you. You can beat all of it, can't you? Yes, you can. Easy, easy, easy. All right. Now, so if you need to get Jesus' life into your body, where do we start? With what? The Word, which is wisdom. And the beginning of wisdom is to hate, fear the Lord, which is to hate evil. See how he says, you already know it. You could teach it to somebody else. I love it. Okay, so back over here to John 1, in verse 5. And the light shined into darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Go to the next one. Now, now he starts talking about John the Baptist. He said, And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came as a witness to bear witness of the light, which is also the what? Life, right? Isn't that right? That all men through him might believe. Go to the next one. He wasn't that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. Now watch this. I love this. Watch this. That was the true light. The true life was coming was Jesus. He's bearing witness of the true life. Which lighteth how, how many men? Every. Every man that does what? Comes into the world. Let's not skip over that. Because if you're born and you come into this planet, you have the Zoe life of God on you, in you, the second that you're born. Do y'all know that? We talked about that last week, right? That's why babies who die go to heaven. Because they have the Zoe life of God on the inside. Now watch. Let's just look at a couple scriptures. Go to James 1.17. James 1.17 says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. The spirit of man is the candle or the light of the Lord, right? Alright, go back a page or two to Hebrews 12, verse 9. Furthermore, we had fathers of our own flesh which corrected us, and we gave unto them reverence. How much more shall we be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? And you know that your light is your spirit, isn't that right? So here's the Father of all lights and all spirits. Do all human beings have a spirit when they come out the birth canal? Yes, they do. Now look back up one more page to Hebrews 9. And verse 27. Hold your finger there. We'll come right back. Go to Romans 1. Seven, I'm sorry, Romans 7. We'll get to one in a minute, I think. Got so much stuff flying around in here, it's crazy. Romans 7 and verse 9, here's Paul saying what? For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So he's got to be talking about spiritual death there. How could he write that, right? Because he's still alive as he's writing it. So when he was born, before he came to understand what the law was, that's the written word. You know, the Ten Commandments, don't cuss, drink, smoke, or chew, go out those who do. When he started to understand that, that's when he died. That's when his spirit died. Now look, flip over to uh, Hebrews 9, in verse 27, and it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. That's the Greek word crisis. 
It is appointed to... Now look. The true light came and He lighteth every man that comes into the world. So every person that comes into the world has the Zoe life of God on the inside of them. When they come to realize and sin takes over their body, they'll understand age of accountability, they die. It's appointed unto men once to die and then the crisis comes. Is that not really what happens? Once the Zoe life of God is gone, doesn't it hit the fan and it's crisis time? What happens? Most people, when they get born again, they get the life back, they keep themselves alienated from the Zoe life of God and they still live in crisis. Y'all following that? Okay, now come over here to Romans 1. Verse 20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world. Who created the world? The Word. Right? They are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal, perpetual power, and the who? Godhead, so that they are without excuse. When they knew God, they glorified Him not. Do you understand that there is not one person on the planet that has an excuse? Because every one of them knew God when they came out the birth canal. Did Adam know God before he died spiritually? Yep. And so does every human being. Because it says here in John 1 verse 9 that He lights every man that comes into the world. So nobody, it says they are without excuse. So, you know what? People are like, well, we've got to get the gospel to the world. It also says in here, I can show you scripture, that every creature has already been preached the gospel. And this verse right here says that if you're in creation, you don't have an excuse. So instead of trying to get people born again and saved, and hurt, what we need to be doing is living our light, our life, and it will attract them back into that life that they once had instead of trying to jam it down their throat where you go to church. You know what? When you start living in riches, honor, and life, then people want to do what you do. Witnesses don't say anything until they're asked a question. So you want to reach the planet? Start living in your Zoe life of God. And it will draw these people right back to it because they had it once. Didn't they? Now, I used to think it was, you know, and, and there is a certain level of that it bears on people in my profession that we've never taught anybody about the Zoe life of God. But you know what? Most people reject it. We've been teaching it for two years and we're down to a handful. There's been over 150 people come through here and hear about the Zoe life. So I don't think it's all on my end or the minister's end. I don't think people really want to engage. But you know when they will? When they start seeing riches, that's why it's at the first of the list. If they don't see riches, what's that saying? Money talks, but what? Don't say it, we're in church walks. If you don't have money doing your talking for you, you know what? In your Christian walk, it's nothing more than what? Oh, don't say it, we're in church. But isn't that the truth? Don't tell me about your Christian walk and you know Jesus. If you ain't got nothing to back it up. And in fact, light is seen. It ain't heard. Is it? Can you hear light? No. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Alright, so let's go back over here. Verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. Go to the next one. He came unto His own. That was the Jewish folk. And His own received Him not. But as many 
has received Him. To them gave He the power, the dunamis, the authority, the exousia, all that. You you have dominion and authority to become the Son of God. Full-grown, dominant, running your own show, inheritance, Son of God. Gave you the power and the authority to do it. Even to them that believe on His name. Go to the next one. Now watch. He says, but these folks, they weren't born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of who? God. Now look, I'm going to tell you right now, this is how most people try to work. This is the world system, how they try to work bios and suke. And most Christians do this system in order to try and get zoe. Don't do this. It says, not by the will of... They weren't born of blood. Most people, they inherit their wealth. Paris Hilton, she inherited her riches. Not so for us. If you're the Son of God, you don't get it through a family connection. You, right? Isn't that what it just said? These folks that were born of God were not born of blood. And they're not born of the will of the flesh. Hmm. You know what the will of the flesh is? Bootstrapping it. You know anybody that tried to get their riches and their inheritance up by pulling themselves up and trying to work it? Right? The world does that. It ain't, it ain't the Zoe life of God if you're doing that. If you're getting it from family connections, it ain't the Zoe life of God. If you're getting it by bootstrapping it, it ain't the life of God. And what's the last one? Nor the will of men. If you're getting it by networking and making connections, you're making connections, it ain't coming from God. I'm not talking about divine connections because there's people that God will bring across your path that you know are divine connections. I mean, that's from God. You're trying to network and multi-level and all that and you go, you know, you go to all the chamber of commerce and hand out all your cards. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that's the business model, isn't it? it? That ain't the Zoe life of God. Zoe life of God is God sets you up. It don't matter if you weren't born into riches. That's what this is. The, I'm giving you the good side of it now. It don't matter if you have a family connection or not because that ain't how God gets you riches. Did Jesus have a family connection? Mary and Joseph were not like high... You know, he wasn't born to you know, Pharaoh or, or Caesar, was he? No, just little old Mary and Joseph, blue-collar workers. Bootstrapping it? You ain't got to. Isn't that good news? Relax! And you ain't got to hurt. You know, work the angles. But what you do got to do is engage in the fight and when God brings you a connection that you don't get scared and back off of it. When He cues you up an opportunity, you don't be like, oh, you know. And you know what? When God cues you up an opportunity, sometimes it'll be so big, you won't want to engage because you don't want to do all the work that you think you've got to do, but you ain't got to do it at all because He'll show up and give you the ability to do it and put people across your path to do it. Y'all following this? Because what happens is you'll see the magnanimity of riches on our life and you'll back away because, oh, that is so big. It's what Abraham says. Abraham didn't stagger at the promise. Do you all remember that? But he did stagger at the promise until God could get him back up to where he didn't stagger at the promise. And once he didn't stagger at the promise, he got it. Y'all following that? I don't know about you, but I'm getting all yippy-skippy. Yippy-skippy. Not too much skippy, but a lot of yippy. Now look at this in verse 14. And we'll close out here because we're running late. And the Word was made flesh. So if you didn't know it was Jesus, we know it's Jesus now by the time we get to verse 14. If you hung in there long enough. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His what? Oh, His glory. And it wasn't just regular old glory. 
It was the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. See, at the time, only child was Jesus. How many know at Christmas time, the only child gets some pretty good glory? Because they ain't got to share it with anybody. You all found that? See, and it wasn't just regular glory. It was only child glory from the Father. That's big. Now, and He was full of grace and truth. Now, the life of Jesus and all the glory that goes to an only child, the Creator of the universe, should be made or might be made manifest in your mortal flesh. Yeah! Where we could all see it and touch it now. Or it might not. I'm caught between two, a desire to disengage, because, woo, that's just so big. Because, you know, for me to die and go on with Christ, well, that's, you know, it's an easy way out. That's why I said it's game. It's easy. Uh, but it's more important for all the people that you're going to touch for you to pick Zoe and engage and go here and have all the glory that a firstborn only child, not just firstborn, but only child of a king would have. Do you understand your level of glory will be the same as the level of Jesus? Because, remember, we're not above the Master, but is it enough to be equal with the Master? Oh, it's enough. Because all the glory that God the Father showered down on His only child baby at the time, I mean, that's not a zero-sum amount of glory. It's like a cell. It can keep splitting and multiplying and splitting and multiplying. It don't get smaller. It doubles. And then it doubles. And then it doubles. And every one of his kids gets that same share of only child glory. Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world right now. I, I, I love this stuff. Giddy up. I mean, get up on the horse and let's ride. Let's pursue good. Let's, you know, take it all the way back down to I refuse evil and I'm going after good. And get into the written Word and learn who Jesus is and what His glory actually is. And we've been doing that for the last... You know the Temple of Solomon. You know that? $360 billion. That's still nothing. Maybe we should get into Revelation and see what New Jerusalem's like. We're even like the S-Bends are gold. In the plumbing, you scrub your toilet. You use, you know, like anodizer polish, you know, because we got to polish up the gold. Yeah, I mean that's that's some serious glory, and all that that he has, it belongs to you, and you should have it right now. So when I say, you know, durable riches, it really we need to enlarge our thinking, because if you can't even imagine it, then you can't ever get there. And you know what? You know what's so funny? We're sitting in an unfinished, damn, musty basement learning this stuff because God uses the foolishness of men to confound the wise. You guys get on the horse and grab some of this Zoe life of God and watch what happens. Oh, we're a cult, all right. In a good way. Yeah, we're a good cult. Oh, we're a, we're a subculture for sure. Because I ain't come across anybody in the body of Christ that wants you to do better than the minister. Yeah. What? Right. Why? Well, because Jesus wants you to do better than Him. 
If he didn't, he would have went into hell. He went into hell so you don't got to. He took stripes on his back so you don't have to be sick. He became poor so you be rich. He's not withholding one good thing from you. He ain't mad at you. And he delights in the sons of men. And that's daughters too. Amen. <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. It's all human beings. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Amen. Stand to your feet with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this true. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your tender love and care. I thank you for blessing us. Father, I thank you that we have an equal amount, not an equal share, but an equal amount of the glory that you put on your only begotten Son at the time. And as each of us come in to our sonship, that we have the same share, the same amount of glory that Jesus had. Father, help us to get our minds around that. In Jesus' name, amen.